My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I'm not a chef, I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch with fresh ingredients and trying to spread some positive energy in the world. Join me on my culinary journey inside the kitchen and out as I explore the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. everyone to another brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick. Thank you so, so much for joining me for this episode where we talk about scratch-made food and positive energy. If this is your first time here, welcome. It's so wonderful to have you here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I love you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey week to week and for believing in me. We're trying to make the world a little better and a little brighter one dish at a time. I am so excited to talk to you guys about today because I love doing experiments in the kitchen. I love trying to create something that I've never heard of before. Certainly has to have existed. Somebody had to have done this at some point. Somebody had to have put it together, but it was just an offhanded comment. Uh, I believe it was me and Rebecca were just kind of talking about different things. She makes a taco lasagna, which she's going to be talking about herself with me in a special episode of Table for Two. And I just, I thought, what about breakfast lasagna? And then she and I just kind of would sit there and ping pong ideas back at each other. Like, just what about this? What if we put this in here? What if we put this in here? And the end result was a very promising dish. The dish that I'm gonna break down for you today, however, is not exactly the same. I will point out the differences between the two. So if you wanna make the dish that I originally made, you most certainly can, but I would recommend changing it up a little bit because the final product ended up quite a bit heavier and that was without the hollandaise sauce. Once you add hollandaise sauce in the mixture, it became even more heavy. So I would recommend definitely following some amendments, some tweaks that I'm going to do when I break down the recipe a little bit later in this episode. This is a little bittersweet for me, really, and I have kind of uh, odd feelings because this, unless, you know, unless I throw something together really quick, really last minute, is going to be the last ever podcast audio that I'm going to record in this place, in this apartment. Most of my stuff right now is in Ithaca. I've been spending most of today cleaning and packing and organizing and taking care of stuff. Most of my son's stuff, he's already moved. He's moving into an apartment by himself for the first time. So, so much is changing. So much is changing. And it feels really, really strange. I've recorded thousands of hours of audio it has to be thousands of hours for my shows for epic film guys for years and years and years and then the restaurant when i started that show and now this show and that's not even to count like hundreds of guest spots on different shows live stream for the cure i've raised tens of thousands of dollars in this very room the room that i'm in right now We've raised so much money. This was the birthplace of Livestream for the Cure. This is where it all began, raising money for cancer research. So I've got some mixed feelings about it. I've got some some definite, a, a swell of emotion, if you will. 
but I really, really wanted to get one more recording done in this place because this place has a lot, a lot of memories for me and for podcasting. This is going to be getting close to the end of season two by the time you hear this. Season two is going to be wrapping up sometime in October. I've got a bunch of audio like backlog that I need to get out for people. So you're still going to be getting quite a bit of content. The season's going to push a little bit later than I had initially anticipated because, unfortunately, my release schedule, because of how busy I've been, because of how busy this move has just swallowed up my life. And it's just finally almost over. After this week, I will be full-time in Ithaca, and I'll only be coming back here just to finish up cleaning and taking care of a last few little odds and ends before my lease expires here at the end of October. And I'm leaving this place elated and relieved, like a burden is finally being lifted, that I can finally escape all of the bad memories that live in this place but also have to say goodbye to some of the good ones. The firsts, all the amazing firsts that I had here with Rebecca, but now we get to begin a new life together in our beautiful, beautiful home in Ithaca. So there's just so, so much going on, but yeah, season two is going to be wrapping up somewhere in the end of October, probably before Halloween. And then season three, I've already recorded this guys. And I can telling you what, I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. I sat down with M from verbal diorama and talked about, well, we'll save it. We won't talk about it right now, but she and I sat down and we discussed a dish on table for two and what an absolute joy that woman is to talk to. Uh, I absolutely adore you. M. if you're listening, thank you so, so much for being on the show and for having me on verbal diorama. I did a guest spot on her show as well. And more information about both of those releases will be forthcoming in the coming weeks and months. But season two should premiere sometime before Thanksgiving season three, not season two, Nick. And then we are going to have a Thanksgiving special the week of Thanksgiving. So make sure you stay tuned and you're going to get quick bites all through the break as well. I love doing the little quick bites. Make sure you go back in the feed and check out the one on the black pepper vinaigrette. And then I've got another one in the pipe for a lemon Parmesan orzo already recorded, already uploaded. It's already just waiting in Podbean to release on Thursday. The next time I record a bulk of audio for this show, it's going to be in the office in Ithaca. And I'm actually like ordering. I actually bought them already. They're being delivered there this week. I get to set them up uh, this coming weekend when I head up there. Soundproofing panels for the office wall so I can actually like have some kind of legitimate thing. Like ever since like for the last two years since I've been here by myself, like this room has just been largely empty and there's a blanket hanging on the wall behind my desk. But there's not a whole lot in here in terms of soundproofing. And I've never been the absolute happiest with the audio quality in this space. But unfortunately, this is the space I have. This is the most that I can do. But going to the office there, I've actually recorded some audio for, you know, different content, Minecraft episodes and other things in that office, as well as some podcast content. But that is even more bare than this and because it's a small space the sound bounces around a lot more so it sounds a lot more echoey so i need to have some kind of soundproofing there i'm so so thrilled it's almost like it feels almost like i'm gonna have like a studio kind of 
almost. And that's just the beginning of some of the amazing changes that are going to start sweeping over Nikolai's Kitchen over the coming weeks and months as we head into the end of Season 2 and into Season 3. I've ordered a ring light so I can start taking better food photos. I, uh, I think I do okay. I think I do really okay with my phone camera, but I have been so, so frustrated trying to take food photos. I just don't think I can get good enough food photos on the phone and with the lighting setups I have. So I ordered a ring light so I can set up literally kind of a food photography station whenever I actually make a dish and get some really, really good crisp clean quality food photos i really can't wait because i think it's you eat with your eyes as much as i love talking about food and as much as i love talking about positive energy with everyone out there listening and thank you so much if you're here you eat with your eyes you need to see that food that's why i've been doing so many videos over on my instagram follow me on social media hit the links in the show notes make sure you're following me especially on instagram that's where i'm most active i've been posting a lot of videos so you can hear and you can see like when I open my grill, when I'm grilling chicken, you can see the smoke from all that different, the soaked wood chips and the charcoal billowing out. You can hear that sizzle as something hits a grill or hits a pan. It's just, there's so much tied into the experience of food. And I want to bring so much more of that to you guys. And eventually, once I can get all of the right equipment and once I can get a good working setup for it, we're going to be doing cooking shows and cooking streams like live video. You're going to get to watch me make some of the dishes that I've made on this very show that I've talked to you guys about. You're going to get to see me do them step by step. Because maybe you're not somebody who can necessarily follow the instructions from an audio format, even though the recipes are all in the show notes. So if you ever want to make them, please check out the show notes. And if you ever have any questions, make sure you hit me up on social media. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have about my food. But this is only the beginning a new beginning for Nikolai's Kitchen as we head into, I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost at a year of doing this show. I can't believe I'm almost at a year. Over 50 episodes at this point between all the quick bites and all of the regular episodes. So, so much amazing feedback that comes to me through all of the social media channels from people just drinking in my food as I post it out and just saying how much they love it and how blown away they are by how good it looks. And some of you who have been lucky enough to taste my cooking, how good it tastes. Thank you so much for all of your amazing support. You are incredible. You make such an amazing difference in my life. And I am so, so grateful for you every single day. Never, ever stop being the amazing person that you are because you might not think that you make a difference and you might not think that you are somebody who makes a huge difference in somebody's life, but I promise you you're wrong. Just by plugging this into your ears, you are amazing and you make my life so much better. You make all of this so much better and so much easier to do.
today as I record this, it is World Mental Health Day. And I wanted to talk to you guys a lot about mental health because mental health is something that I have very, very much been open about on this show. I've been very open about all of my journeys that I've been on on this show, the things that I've still struggled with, the things that I'm still battling. And I still have a tough time sometimes, but I think I'm getting better because I'm open about it. And because I put it out there, I say I'm not okay today. And you know what? It's okay to not be okay. Never forget that no matter what happens, you are not alone. There are people out there, whether it be professionals in the support industry or whether you're just reaching out to friends and family, there are people out there who can and who will listen and who will help you. Sometimes, like me, I'm somebody, and I mean, granted, this is going to seem cliche because I'm a podcaster, but I'm somebody who loves to talk. A lot of times if there's something going on in my head, I don't even necessarily need somebody to offer me insight. I just need somebody to listen. I just need to spill it out in front of them. And then I kind of am able to see the pieces in front of me in a kind of metaphorical sense and arrange them and make more sense of it. And I'm able to get to okay. I'm able to be better because I don't hold things in. And I come from a generation, and I'm sure some of you listening to this are also of that kind of generation where you were always supposed to hold everything in. You were never supposed to express anything. You were never supposed to say that you weren't okay. If you weren't okay, there was something wrong with you. You're sick or, you know, you're you, whatever, whatever in between. You weren't supposed to put out your feelings. You were supposed to hold all your feelings inside. And then you would do that and then you would find that at different points in your life, you've probably had things just absolutely gnawing away at you, clawing, gripping, tearing until they settle in, until they sink into you, into your soul, into your core. And then you just erupt in some way, some kind of emotional outburst, whether it be crying, whether it be screaming or something even worse. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to ask for help when you need it, even if that help is just needing somebody to listen. If you ever need somebody to listen, I am here. I will make myself available to listen, to be a resource, to be someone that you can confide in and say, man, I'm having a really, really rough time. And this is why. And maybe if you're somebody that's listening to this and you think, okay, I don't need to talk to anybody or I don't need to do anything. Really, really look at yourself. Really take a good look because I promise you, everybody needs somebody sometimes. Everybody needs to have somebody that they can confide in, somebody that they can just look in their eyes and they can be dead 100% honest with that person and say, I'm not okay. There is something going on with me and I need somebody to hear it. I need you to know what it is. Do you have that person? I hope that wherever you are and whenever you are, wherever you're listening to this, I hope that you have that person and I hope that you're able to sit together and that you're able to get to okay, that you're able to make things better on a daily basis, that you're able to keep doing the work on yourself because this life this is a process. This is something that we have to work at every single day to make it better, to make life more livable. It's okay to not be okay. 
the most important thing that I want to do is just tell you not to give up on you. Never, ever give up on you. Never. Sometimes and some days it's going to be really, really tough. Sometimes and some days you're going to just kind of want to collapse in on yourself and not do anything. Sometimes you're going to not believe in yourself and you're going to make poor choices because you've given up on yourself and because you just don't have that support that you need. But it has to begin with you looking at yourself in the mirror every day, taking a good hard look at yourself and saying, I believe so much in you. It's okay to not be okay. But I believe in me. I believe that I deserve love and respect and kindness. And I believe that I deserve all of the good things in life, all of the good things, whatever those good things may be to you. You deserve that love and respect. But you have to start by believing that you do. And I promise you that if you're listening to this, you do. You absolutely deserve so much good. That's what this world needs more of, is it just needs more goodness and more kindness. Go out there, be kind to somebody today. So much of what's going on in the world right now, and it seems silly and it seems cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway, it would all go away if we would just stop for a moment and just be kind to each other. Just take that time to just be good and be kind to each other. I want to share something else with you before we wrap out the positivity segment here on the show. And this is actually from Mental Health Awareness Week from New Zealand, which actually just took place at the end of September into the beginning of October. And special shout out and thank you to Heather of Sunshine and Power Cuts and Just Heather's. Uh, she's amazing. And I've talked about Heather on the show before. She, of course, was on table for two and I actually caught her streaming. She was streaming during Mental Health Awareness Week where she talked about how she's been struggling a lot lately, too, and some of the things that she's been struggling a lot with. But she shared a lot of resources that they were doing in New Zealand, like Mental Health Awareness Week, the Mental Health Foundation there, all of these kinds of different things that you can do to help boost your mental health and to help your mental health. And one of those things was connecting through kindness. I would try to pronounce it in Maori, but I, I would butcher it terribly, so I'm not going to. But I'm going to share this, and this will be linked on, down in the show notes as well because there's some other great resources that you can find on this website. It says when we do something nice for someone else, be it a friend, colleague, or stranger, not only does it make them feel good, it gives our well-being a boost in return. Whether it's a big gesture or just a smile, everyone has a little act of kindness to offer. Think about someone who might need some extra support right now because today is all about giving. Our time, our kindness, our aroha, our korero to others. Think about how you feel when you're negative. Think about how you feel when there's just kind of a cloud of negativity cast over you. I used to live and I used to be just absolutely mired in negativity where I would be cut down a lot. 
and made to feel like I wasn't worth anything, like I didn't deserve love and kindness and respect, or the things that I loved and cared about used to be torn down. I used to be called stupid, that I wouldn't amount to anything. And that was always really, really tough. And that put me into an extremely negative mind state where I had some really, really dark, dark times, especially like three years ago. And I'm so, so happy to say that so much of that has changed. And a lot of that has changed because I'm not living in that situation anymore. And I have resolved to never, ever in my life live in that situation. I will not be surrounded by mired in negativity. I will not do it. That's why this show, and I know you might listen to this and it might seem easy to say this stuff and it might sound cheesy when I talk so much about mental health and when I talk so much about kindness and positivity. But when I lost my friend John and I got out on my own two years ago, I just, life is so short. Life is so short and I used to always feel so bad and I used to hate so, so much. And I used to have so much anger in me because I felt so much negativity and I felt like I didn't matter and I felt like so attacked all the time. And I don't ever want anyone ever to feel that way. I want you to listen to this show. I want you to hear my voice and I want you to believe in you. I want you to understand how amazing you are and how amazing you can be if you just put something good out in the world. My life changed forever in 2019. This is just who I am. And especially, I don't want to waste any time. I wasted so much time. I went so long without ever seeing John, without hanging out with him, without spending time with him. And now he's gone. And I can't do that anymore. And I wish I hadn't wasted so much time being negative. And that's what I would urge you to do is don't waste time being negative. Be kind, be good, be positive. Just love. This world just needs so much more love. I just want to share a few of the ideas that they shared on the Mental Health Awareness Week website. A few ideas for spreading kindness. Send a kind message to someone in your life and let them know you're thinking of them. Visit a friend, neighbor, or family member who could do with some company or support. If you're unable to visit them, give them a call. We live in the internet age. It's 2021. Get on a voice call. It was so amazing. I spent five hours on the microphone with M from Verbal Diorama. We recorded a lot of content for both of our respective shows, but we also just sat and talked so much about what's going on in both of our lives. And I hope, M, I hope you're doing so brilliantly because you are a person who deserves absolutely everything amazing. Volunteer your time to others in need. Join a community group, pick up someone's groceries, or drop off a hot meal to someone who could do with a helping hand. Not only will it create a moment to discuss, it'll give them and you a feel-good boost. Make a coworker a cup of tea or bring in some biscuits and create a moment to discuss in your lunchroom. Look for opportunities to put a smile on someone's face. And that's one of the things that I always try to do with this show is I always want to put a smile on your face. 
I always want you to take away from this show when you're done listening to it. I want your heart to just be lifted up. I want you to feel so much better about who you are and where you are in the world, even if you're struggling. And I know so many of us out there are struggling. I'm struggling so much. Some days are so hard and some days I don't have the energy to do this show. And I have to listen back to episodes of this show because I use this to pick myself up too. Never stop looking for opportunities to make someone's day, to make someone's life better. I apply that to every single aspect of my life. And I know I don't have enough time and I know I'm not perfect and I know I falter sometimes. But if I can end my day and say, I made somebody's life a little bit better today, then that's worth it so much to me. I'm going to take a break now. And when I come back, I'm going to talk to you guys about breakfast lasagna. Again, I'm going to talk to you guys about the breakfast lasagna that was the one that I did end up making. And I'm going to talk to you guys and break down the recipe for my amendments. Next time I attempt it, what I'm going to do to change it. So do not go anywhere. Talk to you soon. I know I've talked about this back in the episode about lasagna. I know I did, but I'm going to reiterate it here because it's worth repeating. I love lasagna. I love it so much that I want to turn other kinds of food into lasagna. And I thought to myself, like, Rebecca makes an amazing taco lasagna. I can't wait to have her on the show to talk to you guys about it. It's amazing. I just had this idea pop into my head almost on a whim. I can't even remember what we were doing or where we were. I think we were in the car driving around somewhere and all of a sudden breakfast lasagna just came in my head and then over the coming weeks she and i just kind of started back batting back and forth different kinds of ideas for ingredients what would be in this what would be put in this take your classic lasagna deconstruct it what do you have you have noodles you have cheese you have sauce sometimes you might have um, like a meat mixture like a beef and sausage or something else like that Lots of people put lots of different things in lasagnas. How do we break that down and then start swapping things out for breakfast foods? Well, if we take out noodles and we replace them with crepes, what if we take out the meat sauce or the marinara sauce and we swap that out with a mixture of different kind of cooked down breakfast foods like sauteed onions and peppers, breakfast potatoes, like a breakfast hash? What if we scramble some eggs and shred some cheddar cheese and throw them in there? And then what if I attempt for the first time ever a hollandaise, I've never made hollandaise sauce before, and drizzle that over the top? And that is breakfast lasagna. 
So I mentioned this earlier in the show and I've got to talk about it again here, but my recipe that I'm going to break down for you guys in just a moment is different than the recipe that I made. I've reduced a couple of different ingredients because they were way too much in the finished dish. And this dish was very, very heavy, like a piece of this. And it was made in a nine by 13 dish that I cut into eight pieces. Those pieces clocked in at a whopping 700 calories, 700 and that's without the hollandaise to top it. So the hollandaise on top took it to about 770. Insane. Please don't ever do this to yourselves. <laughs> just whatever you do, don't do this to yourselves. I just, it just, there were some fails along the way with this dish. There were some things that I could have done better. And there's some things that I definitely think would elevate this dish and turn it from what it is now and what it was the first time I made it into something that's going to transcend and be amazing next time I pop it into the oven. So let's stop talking about the concept and the idea of it. And let's talk about what actually happened. Here is the breakdown for breakfast lasagna. You are going to need three cups of sweet onion diced, two cups of sweet pepper diced, three cups of parboiled potatoes cubed. Please make sure you do this with the potatoes. Parboil them because you're going to be making like a breakfast hash, but it will take forever if your potatoes are just raw. And even if you soak them in water, because I've been doing a lot of breakfast potatoes lately, uh, I've been just cooking a lot of potatoes because with moving, uh, I'm trying not to keep a lot of food in the house and I'm trying to keep things that are relatively easy for me to prep and prepare available. And one of those things is just cubed up potatoes. And you could, if you're somebody that likes hash browns, Rebecca doesn't like hash browns and I'm really not a very big fan of them either. So that's why we omitted them in this, but you could also add a hash brown in this instead of doing the cubed potatoes. But make sure if you are going to do a breakfast hash to go as part of your layer in this, make sure that you parboil those potatoes. It's going to be a lot easier for you. You're going to need one tablespoon of canola oil. I use canola oil because it's also the oil that's used in the crepe recipe. You need four tablespoons of butter, 12 large eggs, 12 ounces of cheddar cheese. You're going to need two 12 ounce packages of chicken breakfast sausage. Now you can, of course, just use regular breakfast sausage here. You're going to need sage, paprika, salt, pepper. You're going to need nine crepes, about eight inches in diameter. I'll talk about that recipe in a few moments. You need the zest of one lemon, four tablespoons of scallions chopped and two cups of Roma tomatoes diced. To make your hollandaise sauce, you're going to need four egg yolks, one tablespoon of lemon juice, one stick of unsalted butter, salt, paprika, and pepper. And for the crepes, huge shout out to Rebecca because this is her crepe recipe. One cup of all-purpose flour, one and a half cups of milk, two eggs, one tablespoon of canola oil, and one quarter of a teaspoon of salt. One of the first things I remember about meeting Rebecca and about her having me up to her place for the weekend in meeting her daughter is her daughter loves to have these crepes for breakfast on Sunday mornings because this is like a big family tradition in Rebecca's family where that was what her grandmother used to make for her and her cousins and everything all the time was crepes on Sunday mornings. And uh, and like I've had crepes like a time or two before. I think I'd made them, you know, sometime last summer for the first time ever. And I did like a fresh berry compote with them and they were pretty good. I followed Ann Reardon's recipe from how to cook that. But I 
adore Rebecca's recipe. They're amazing. She does a fantastic job making them. And I've had them like so many times now, it's kind of crazy. But they're one of those kinds of foods where you can do a sweet element to them or you can do savory. Speaking of making sweet crepes, like what I really need to do is make some apple pie filling. Patrons, top tier patrons, you're going to be getting some apple pie filling very, very soon. I need to make some more because it's fall. So I want like a whipped cream and like an apple pie filling in some crepes. That's going to be absolutely, absolutely amazing. So what you need to do first when you're talking about breakfast lasagna is you've got to prepare all of your layers. This isn't kind of like your, you know, normal cheese lasagna, even though, well, if you're preparing a fresh meat layer, that's not even the point, Nick. What are you even talking about? I get off on tangents. I'm talking to myself ostensibly. I am looking and gesturing at a monitor and I'm talking to myself and I'm getting off on tangents hearing my own voice. <sighs> You have to prepare all these layers ahead of time so that way you can layer them all in the dish and basically just build this thing when you're ready, okay? So you're going to get your canola oil and two tablespoons of the butter. So half of your butter, chuck that into a large skillet at medium heat. Once that butter melts, get your onion and pepper in there, sprinkle some salt and pepper in there, start sweating this stuff down. While your peppers and onions are getting started, you're going to get rid of any excess water on your potatoes. And then after they've been in the skillet for about five minutes, chuck your potatoes in there and toss that all together to get everything nicely combined. Basically, you're going to cook everything here until the potatoes are nicely seared and brown and the onions and peppers are softened. Remove them from the heat, transfer them off into a bowl. Then what you're going to do is you're going to whisk your eggs vigorously for about 30 seconds. You can add a little bit of milk or a little bit of water here. You certainly don't have to. I did the first time I made this, I actually added a little bit, a quarter of a cup of milk to 12 eggs, which is basically nothing. But I actually omitted it from the recipe and I would actually just do a little bit of water. I would tried really, really hard to cut out as many calories in the different parts of this dish as I could. And I think I did an okay job of it. So after you whisk them vigorously for 30 seconds, you're going to add the remaining butter to your skillet and put it back on the stove at medium heat. Once your butter melts, get your eggs in there and cook them to your desired doneness. Now, I wouldn't scramble them fully. I wouldn't uh, finish them fully either. Leave them a little bit wetter than you would normally eat them because you're going to be building a lasagna with them and you can just let them finish in the oven with the other ingredients. Once your eggs are done, you're going to wipe your skillet clean. You don't need to wash it, but just take a paper towel and just kind of wipe it out so you get all the extra egg residue out of there. Then you're going to take your sausages, you're going to cut them in half lengthwise. Turn the heat up to mid-high and sear the sausages until they're really well browned on both sides. Then take them off the heat, let them rest. Once they're rested, chop them into pieces that are roughly the same size as your potatoes. You kind of, when you're chopping things and you're prepping, make sure, especially with this, you want equal sized pieces. You want that kind of uniformity of texture when you take a bite of this breakfast lasagna. Your potatoes, peppers, onions, the tomatoes for later. All of this stuff, the sausages should all be the same size. Once your sausages are done, chuck those into a bowl as well. Add your salt, pepper, lemon zest, sage, and parpica into a bowl. Stir that all up and combine it. Add your peppers, onions, and potatoes into that same bowl. Stir it to combine it. So basically everything that you've prepped to this point, except for the eggs and the cheese, combine all that into a bowl. Shred your fresh cheddar cheese. Set that aside. Then you're going to prepare your crepes. And this really, really helps if you have another set of hands in the kitchen or Rebecca did an amazing job. Like she made up the crepes for me while I was working on prepping and doing all the other stuff for this. But you're going to add your flour, milk, eggs, canola oil, and salt into a medium bowl. Blend that together with an electric mixer until everything is blended together. 
grease a skillet or use cooking spray and then heat the skillet at medium high heat. Then basically what you're going to do is you're going to take the pan off of the heat once it's nicely heated, take it off of the heat, add a half of a cup of crepe batter into it, tilt the skillet around to kind of spread the batter around evenly. Place the pan back over the heat to kind of let it cook, flip it as you need to until it's cooked through and then just transfer it off to a plate to rest. Again, you're going to need eight crepes. Now you are finally ready to build breakfast lasagna. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Then you're going to add two crepes to the bottom of a 9 by 13 baking dish. You're going to layer over a third of your potato, onion, pepper, sausage mixture. That whole mess, get a third of that in there on top of your crepes. Then you're going to add a third of your scrambled eggs over the top of that. And then you're going to add a quarter of your cheddar cheese over the top of all of that. Add two more crepes and then repeat the layers and then repeat the whole process again. You should just have two crepes and just like a couple of cups of cheese left at this point. Top this with the final two crepes and finish the remaining cheddar cheese over the top. You can season this a little bit more on the top if you really want to as well. Then you're gonna bake it uncovered for 25 to 35 minutes or until the cheese on top is nicely browned. Then you're gonna remove this from the oven and rest it. And then, <sighs> Oh, we get to talk about the unmitigated disaster that was my first ever attempt at a hollandaise. I got to tell you, I've always been really intimidated by this. And I know I've talked a lot on this show about making things and attempting things in the kitchen that ended up being way easier than I'd anticipated. This was not one of them. This was an unmitigated disaster. I read so many different recipes, and the instructions I'm going to give you are from Tyler Florence. He's a Food Network chef, uh, literally verbatim from the Food Network website. I followed this thing to the letter, but I read a few different recipes for advice to kind of try to maybe prepare myself for how this was going to work. And all of them were very, very, very specific about not letting the eggs get too hot because you don't want them to scramble, which... I mean, that makes sense. You want this to be a nice, thick, kind of creamy sauce. So let me break down the recipe for you guys <laughs> and let you know what happened. You are going to vigorously whisk together the egg yolks and lemon juice in a stainless steel bowl until the mixture is thickened and doubled in volume. There's no instructions in terms of time frames. And this is something like I've read a lot of different people who are like, oh, no, I don't offer time frames because it's done when it's done. But somebody like me who and, and I know a lot about cooking. I know a lot, but I am not a trained chef. So I don't know these things just kind of from practice. So I don't know when it was doubled in volume. I literally couldn't tell. It didn't look like it was any more voluminous, volumized. I put volumizer in it. No, I, I couldn't tell. I literally couldn't tell. And there's no idea on that recipe or some of the other recipes I read how long this should take if you're whisking it pretty vigorously. No idea. But once it's thickened and doubled in volume, you're supposed to place it in that metal bowl over a saucepan with barely simmering water in it or use a double boiler. The water should not touch the bottom of the bowl. Keep whisking this really rapidly. Be careful not to let the eggs get too hot or they will scramble. So what I think I did wrong when I made this is I kept removing it from the heat over and over and over. I kept taking it off of the heat because I was like, I don't want these to boil or scramble. I was so, so worried about it. And I think what happened is my egg mixture just got too cold. 
And then basically you're going to slowly drizzle in your melted butter and keep whisking it until the sauce is thickened and doubled in volume. Again, there's that same saying. And then you're going to remove it from the heat and whisk in your cayenne pepper and salt. Then you're supposed to cover this and place it in a warm spot until it's ready to use. If your sauce gets too thick, whisk in a few drops of warm water before serving. I was doing this relentlessly, trying to get this sauce, because basically what would happen is I would whisk it and the flavor was pretty decent. Wasn't necessarily the best. I think I can definitely improve upon it, but I have to learn how to actually make it without the sauce breaking. This broke every single time. And, and as soon as I would whisk it, and you can even see in the show art for the episode, it's definitely a broken sauce. You can definitely see that it's broken. I can't do it. I, I, I just can't do it. I failed. And like sometimes things in the kitchen just beat me. And it drives me crazy to my core because I know, I know with practice, I will nail this. I'll probably, there'll be a future episode sometime in the future. Future Nick is going to think back to this moment and he's going to be like, man, I can't believe I thought Hollandaise was so intimidating. Even after I failed at that first time, it's so easy now. And here's how I made it so easy. And here's what I did differently than I did the first time. I completely derped it up. <laughs> But for right now, I'm really intimidated. The sauce just kept breaking over and over. I could not get it to stay together. I kept trying to add little bits more warm water, putting it back over the heat, taking it off, whisking it. But I just think the problem was is my egg mixture with the lemon juice in there. I just don't think it was ever warm enough. I think I was just so afraid. I just kept pulling it off of the heat and just kept trying to whisk it. And I just don't think it could emulsify properly because it wasn't at the right temperature. It's got to be at a specific temperature is my understanding. It's got to be pretty specific. So you can't, you can't be afraid of it, but you also have to be vigilant and you can't let your eggs scramble. So you have to just be really careful. I would love, like, I, I this is one of those things where I'm going to have to watch a bunch of videos. I'm going to have to do a lot more research. Some things I take a look in, like I read a couple of recipes or like three or four or whatever, and I prep it and I figure it out. And this one, I didn't, this was, this was tougher than I'd anticipated, and I completely failed. Completely failed. There's no two ways about it. Back to the breakfast lasagna, though, which was mostly not a failure. Once it's done in the oven, you're going to let it rest, as I said, and then you're going to cut out a piece of it. And then here's where you're going to add in some of those fresh tomatoes, some scallions. Now, when I made this, I actually did not make it with the tomatoes. But, okay, here's the thing. You've got potatoes in there. You've got the eggs, you've got the crepe, which is flour and egg, and all these other kind of elements. The only thing in there that's really a good contrast for it is like your onions, peppers, and sausages, but this still needed more. This still needs more other elements to kind of brighten this up and to break up the starchy kind of monotony of this dish. This was a heavy, heavy dish. And I mean that in terms of like just the way that it tasted, the way that everything kind of went together when it went in your mouth. And then in terms of the calorie count, which, like I said, as prepared before was 700 calories per piece. And that was eight slices out of a nine by 13. I would not recommend that. I would recommend preparing it at least as I've outlined it here. And maybe with cutting back on a couple of other ingredients a little bit, too, if you want to reduce the calories even more. And then the nine by 13 pan, cutting it into 10 pieces. So if you make this as prepared, you're going to get the pieces down to about 500 per piece. The hollandaise sauce, assuming you make it correctly, is 64 calories per tablespoon. So also be mindful of that. Like if you take the original one that I made and you put like two tablespoons of hollandaise over it, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, breakfast is supposed to be that big meal that gives you the energy to get through a lot of the day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) This is almost half of my calorie count for the day in a single piece on a plate. But its potential is limitless. It really, really is. I think that there's just a couple of other elements that this thing needs. I need to make it again following the amendments that I have just outlined here because I already think the scallions I did do and they added a nice, bright, fresh crunch to the top of this. It needs more of that kind of thing. It really, really does. It needs more freshness added to this. I had a piece of this reheated and way back in the spring, I sent my top tier patrons some garlic, honey, sriracha, maple syrup. And I actually drizzled a little bit of that over it and kind of you're contrasting all of that starchiness and like, again, your egginess, the flourness, all those heavier elements in there with that sweet and that heat actually honestly turned out really, really good. I also think a great way to have this would be to drizzle a little bit of wing sauce or a little bit of hot sauce over it to add a little bit of heat to it to make it pop just a little bit. Like most lasagnas, I think the potential here is limitless for what you can put in it and how you can prepare it. I'm even like right now, for some reason, my brain is just like brainstorming. Like, what if you did like a dessert breakfast lasagna that was made with, you know, like different kind of like more desserty breakfast foods like donuts and cereal and stuff? That's going to be a discussion to table for another time. <laughs> yeah, that's just I, I just thought about making that and it sounds good in my head. I think that could I think you, I think you could definitely put it together but I don't know if I'm going to necessarily do that anytime soon. I will, however, be giving this another crack. Please give this a try. Please let me know how this turned out for you. Head over to the Facebook group. Make sure you join up over there and let me know what you've been cooking. If you've been making my recipes, hit me up on social media. Let me know how these turned out for you. And that is going to do it for this week's episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. Like I said, stay tuned on Thursday for a quick bite for lemon parmesan orzo and then we're pretty much almost wrapped up with this season of the show i'm going to talk about taco night that i had with rebecca really really recently in my first ever attempt at homemade corn tortillas and those although they did not come out anywhere near the recipe that i followed because i followed the recipe that came on the bag of corn flour not even close Uh, i had to amend that recipe quite a bit to get them to come out and They turned out pretty good, but I know that I can do so much better. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this show today. Like I said, this is a little bit bittersweet for me. This is probably the last podcast audio I'm going to record in this space. So many amazing memories have been had behind this microphone in this room. And this is the last one. I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to it as much as I have enjoyed making it. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Don't forget if you love the show and you want to help me out, I have to play that algorithm game. Get over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. If you do, you can be entered to win Apple Pie Filling, which is going to be going out within probably the next two weeks or so. My top tier patrons are all going to be getting my tart apple pie filling made with green apples. Make sure you leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, five-star rating and review, and you will also be entered to win. I love you so much. I am so eternally grateful for your amazing support. 
and for you taking the time to listen to this whenever, wherever you are. Help me make the world a little brighter, one dish at a time. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Kitchen wouldn't be possible without the contributions of my amazing patrons. Thank you very much to Sam, Gerald, and Deb, and a very special thank you to my VIP patrons Caleb, Krista, Jared, Dan, Bill, and Chris. Learn more and sign up today at patreon.com slash Kitchen. <laughs>